Hello and welcome to Mega City Book Club, the podcast all about the galaxy's greatest comics. I'm Eamon Clark. This is a special bonus episode for the comic scene I Love Comics Digital Comic Con that's happening on Facebook uh, today the 13th and tomorrow the 14th of February. And I am delighted to have back from episode 122, uh, it's Dr. Julia Rand again. Julia, welcome back to the book club. Thank you, Eamon. Great to be back. Well, this is unexpected at short notice, but here we are. Um, I'm going to ask you a little bit about what you've got going on at the moment uh, and over the weekend. But, of course, since we spoke uh, last May, I think it was, there's been a couple of misty releases have come out, and I have to ask you about them. We've had the sort of Halloween Misty Scream special, and then we got a winter special from Misty. Did you get those? Of course I did. Yes. Um, <laughs> what else would I do? Um, no, they, I mean, they, they were fantastic. I mean, this is our third Misty and Scream um, Halloween special. Um, and personally, I really like having the two sort of comics in, you know, together in conversation, I guess. Um, I think, you know, that kind of artificial boy-girl sort of divide has been removed by doing that. I loved what they did in the earlier ones um, by kind of flipping the gender in some stories and, you know, bringing in male and female characters and, and so on, where we might not expect them. Uh, but yeah, this this 2021, I mean, again, a really good mix of kind of, you know, revived sort of characters like Black Beth and the Dracula Files appearing, I think, um, and some one-offs, which are my sort of personal favourite and were always my favourite in Misty. Um, so yeah, a, a cracking scary clown story because we, we all love scary clown <laughs> stories. Um, yeah, and the other one that I remember is, is one of a kind of sort of Medusa reenactment. Um, yeah, yes. I mean, I think there's, there's just some really great diversity of kind of art styles and yeah, really interesting sort of new directions for the stories. Um, and both those ones I mentioned, I think, have a really distinctly unhappy ending as well, which yeah. is the other thing that I quite like about a nice horror story. <laughs> Well, Misty, of course, had those sort of strange, bleak uh, endings, although sometimes yeah. I seem to remember that Pat Mills was forced into tacking on slightly uh, happier endings than the ones intended. Yeah, final reassuring panels where actually the heroine will sort of go, oh, yeah, actually, I don't mind staying in this village with all these strange, creepy creatures. You know, <laughs> it's, it's all good. Um, but, yeah, absolutely, Misty was sort of master of the ambivalent ending, actually, and even in a lot of its serials where we'd sort of expect, um, you know, characters to find triumph it's often kind of tinged with this sort of sadness of you know or maybe this is about as normal as I can be or you know I've got what I wanted but oh what a price and yeah that sort of thing so yeah interesting stuff so I did an episode about the Misty Scream special and we particularly liked the Dracula Files conclusion with um, Kevin Scott's story and the wonderful artwork it had with it as well um the winter special did slightly different because it did two longer form stories yeah um which we haven't talked about what did you make of those this has been my favorite so far i think I, right. I kind of saved it up for one evening and it's it's odd for me in a way that it's my favorite because it has departed a bit from the misty template where you know we wouldn't really have stories of that of that length or if it were they'd be spread over multiple issues um 
so yeah it pushed that kind of much much further i think and by having those two longer standalone stories it you know it really did manage to tell some quite in-depth sort of tales with a lot of twist within them i mean i loved i I thought it looked beautiful just the cover looks fantastic to be honest um but it's just a great contrast in those two stories so we've got i think it's infection by vv glass and anna savory which is a sort of a school ghost story with a viral twist um and sort of puts things like the shining into my mind and and stuff like that it's all about kind of possession and unreliable narrators um so it hit a lot of my favorite notes and some kind of classic horror notes i think and then the second story in there is um home for christmas by lizzie boyle and david roach and first and foremost it's just absolutely beautiful i think the you know david roach's art in that is is just wonderful but it's also a really kind of creepy suspenseful story um that actually a few panels in it because it sort of revolves around some haunting kind of accent um, particularly ones involving a mobile phone um, really gave me a sort of massive chill Um, so yeah two stories about kind of haunted places but with totally different sort of um, tone in both their writing and their and their kind of artwork I think and the endings of both were again not entirely reassuring uh, which you know uh, I I think I'm just coming to terms with this in myself this is obviously just what I want you know happy endings can just go out the window Um, (laughs) bleak endings at the moment yeah yeah well that's just the thing maybe I should be looking for happy endings at the moment but um, yeah I mean I I just loved it I thought it was fantastic Um, yeah kudos to everybody involved in that and uh, David Roach, of course, we talked about before, um, partly responsible for keeping the legacy of Shirley Bellwood and some of the other great artists um, from that era going. We're, I mean, his wonderful book about the masters of British comic art and how great to have him doing a misty story. It just feels so appropriate, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And I think he was incredibly happy to do it because, you know, David, David knows so much about the girls' comics, yeah. um, you know, second to none in terms of knowledge of their artists and so on. So, yeah, I think for him, a really pleasing sort of, you know, fit, fit, circling, the, um, circling back to that. Yeah. And then I guess I've got, we've got on the back cover again, we've got a bit of Shirley Bellwood art, I think, reproduced uh, on the back, which is also, you know, it's nice to see a misty image as well, isn't it? It is. For me, that was always the sort of thing that set the right tone for Misty. Um, you know, that, that kind of, um, I don't know, it's just something kind of ethereal about it. And yeah, I, I love kind of having that there. And I love, I, lo- I like the colouring of it here as well. You know, it's got these kind of purple shading stuff going on. Um, I mean, David's one of the few people who's um, has in the past got their hands on some original Shirley Bellwood art um, that I don't know if I mentioned before, where he kind of found and rescued being used as a cutting board. So he kind of completed it for one of the... Um, uh, fan base specials of Misty that came out, um, which is, you know, obviously terrible in many respects that this artwork was being used by this. But they, again, amazing to kind of find it and complete the sort of missing corner that had literally been cut out of it. And I think he's reproduced that page is uh, in the Masters of British Comic Art on the, the, the Shirley Bellwood page. I yes. Believe. Yeah. yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. Now, talking about horror hosts, Misty, uh, since you've been on the podcast, I had Peter Duncan on talking about Sector 13 fanzine. And, of course, I've got in front of me issue six of that, and you created your own horror host and your own uh, Misty-inspired story for that. Tell us about Borrowed Time. That's Borrowed Time. I mean, yeah, I mean, so in my with my academic hat on, I would call this practice-based research, but obviously it's much <laughs> more fun than that. Um, yeah, it was. I mean, I've... I've I've dipped my toe into writing a couple of really short comics um, in the past. I think this is my third one. Um, I 
produce them at the rate of one a year. So I won't be giving out the day job at all anytime soon. Um, but this was a, I, what I like to try and do is to sort of try and write these misty style stories with these protagonists who kind of do something wrong and, you know, trying to get to that sort of end point in four pages. It's taught me a lot about kind of pacing these comics and, you know, and revealed to me how little I know, actually, in many respects. Um, but yeah, this one's about a girl who steals an old book from um, a display at her school, but then sort of discovers it hides a uh, very dark and creepy, mysterious secret and kind of leads her down some very bad pathways. Um, it was a lot of fun to work on with, with Peter, actually. Um, his editing was fantastic and actually it changed so much. I had this sort of... Um, idea for a kind of, I don't know, time travel messages from the future sort of story in mind at the start. And that isn't where it ended up at all. Um, and and rightly so, because I think that was, you know, perhaps more for the writer than the reader and didn't really hang together too well. There definitely weren't enough characters or dialogue, which is one of my major failings when writing stories. Um, so Peter was really helpful with this and kind of added this clear antagonist figure, but sort of kept the spooky feel and, of course, the unhappy ending, because we've discovered it's all about that now. And yeah, this kind of um, this sort of um, Irish host character, Una, um, to kind of um, you know operate as a sort of misty stand-in and kind of you know, tied her into ideas of um, perhaps mythology a bit more. You know, it's kind of saying she's older than the she or the fae, um, so she's got this kind of supernatural fairy sort of lineage um, and I really enjoyed writing her kind of voice as well in that sort of misty tone um, but what, I mean, the other thing that was great about it actually was um, obviously the artwork um, which made it look much much better than I think my story ever was um, for Morgan Brinksman um, who you know, it's just in terms of how it looked in black and white, I mean, it just looked fantastic to me. It's it's so kind of clear and bold, but it's got this sort of great way of capturing expression and character. Like my lead character, Sandy, is a sort of stubborn little girl. Um, and that can just be seen in every line of her face. She's got this sort of clenched jaw look that I really love as she just kind of marches through the narrative doing whatever the hell she wants. Um, so, yeah, it was it was a lot of fun to do. Um, yeah, I really appreciate the kind of opportunity to to publish it in, in Sector 13, which, yeah, it was great. So. And yes, Morgan's done a lovely job on the black and white art and the uh, Una does look rather misty inspired, which is great mm. as well. So. There's room for more hosts like this, right? Absolutely. They don't have to be older male storytellers. I think we, we need more, you know, more female, female spooky um, figures framing our stories. Absolutely. So fantastic stuff. Congratulations on that. And yeah, the Misty Winter special, get hold of a copy. Um, it is widely available. But, uh, I guess it's still on the 2000D site and also on digital as well. So there's mm. two great stories in there. Gina, let me turn you to the events of today and tomorrow. Uh, we're all getting used to digital events and we've become used to them over the past year. So Comic Scene magazine uh, are putting on this I Love Comics digital comic con today and tomorrow on facebook there's a whole bunch of sort of comic related events interviews sales i know they're encouraging people to put up you know to do it like a cosplay and put pictures up of that um they're also doing a countdown of the top 40 comic book characters of all time over the two days all organized by tony foster and comic scene magazine uh, what uh, what are you doing for it are you involved in any of the two-day events 
Um, I'm going to put up, because um, I think a lot of it is searchable by hashtag links, isn't it? So yes. I've got a lot of links up going to the misty work that I've done on my website, um, which includes um, stuff that I think if you remember misty vaguely, you might be interested in. I've got a big sort of searchable database of all the kind of stories and, and with all the kind of summaries and creators and things like that attached. Um, there's also some interview transcripts with people like Pat Mills um, and Misty's lesser known co-creator, Wilf Prigmore, um, talking about how the comic sort of came about and a lot about the kind of day-to-day um, sort of nitty-gritty of the editorial process and just getting this thing out every week, which I found kind of absolutely fascinating because obviously it's not the sort of thing that necessarily happens so much um, anymore. It's got some of my other writing on Misty, um, either in academic formats or more sort of journalistic stuff. And actually, it hasn't got borrowed time, but it does have the other two short Misty-style comics I've linked up there. So um, that's all hashtagged on the Facebook page and, you know, accessible for people to to come and have a look at. Um, if, if, that's, if Misty is your thing, um, then please do kind of come and dig into it a little bit more. And is that the hashtag, just hashtag Misty then? Yeah, I, I think I'll do it like that. But yeah. Fantastic. So uh, links to all your stuff through that. And of course, you know, you've got not only have you got your online searchable database, you've got a remarkable sort of uh, trove of Misty related content on your website, I notice, mm. and uh, various lectures you've done about it as well. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, all there to, to kind of read. Um, so there's a couple are in video format. Most are just, you know, kind of notes with the slides attached. But again, you get to look at some Misty artwork. So, you know, what's wrong with that? Absolutely. And of course, the Comic Scene magazine has switched to a history of comics format, doing a year by year uh, magazine mm-hmm. approach to the history of comics. Um, will you be writing anything for that about Misty at all, do you think? Yeah, if they let me, totally. Um, <laughs> absolutely. Hold me back. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, I would love to. I mean, I think 1978 uh, is a bit further down the, down the list because obviously they've done 77 as, as a kind of, you know, starting point. Um, yeah. But yes, when we get there, I very much hope to. Um, so, yeah, that would be fantastic. Yeah, I look forward to it. Um, I mean, of course, as I say, when I went back to look for articles about Misty and Comic Scene magazine, I found one. And of course, it was yourself again, wasn't it? Um, <laughs> we talked about that last time. The name is literally writ large over all this stuff. Um, yeah. I, yeah, I will carry on writing about Misty for as long as people let me, as you can probably tell, and including talking about it as well. <laughs> well, let's turn to talking about it, because I was going to ask you what you've got coming up next. And I know from your website, uh, you're doing a another online lecture about Misty and Gothic for Girls. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely right. It's part of a brilliant free seminar series called Romancing the Gothic, which is about all things Gothic, run by Dr. Sam Hurst up in Scotland. Um, and it, uh, I'm going to do a Sunday Gothic session on the 21st of February um, about Gothic for Girls and Misty and British comics. Um, so I'm going to talk about Misty really in the context of Gothic and horror more widely, um, kind of how it used ideas of kind of horror and terror and the distinction between those two sorts of fear, um, the way that kind of archetypes like ghosts or vampires and witches were kind of used, were they sort of subverted or used seriously. And I'm going to try and put it in the context of 1970s horror a bit more generally particularly cinema where i think there was a kind of a move towards um sort of younger characters and perhaps more direct stories perhaps more simple stories with just evil behind them rather than kind of complicated sort of back back plots and so on um so yes i think that's going to be going to be quite a lot of fun it's there's two sessions in the day um and it's totally free um via romancing the gothic website so if misty and horror is your thing again come and listen to me talk more about misty (laughs) 
Yeah, well, I can highly recommend it because, uh, as you know, my daughter and I tuned in when you did a lecture last autumn for the Miskatonic Institute of Horror. Um, and that, you know, you talked about Misty there. and That was great fun. And then you've yeah. got two sessions next Sunday, the 21st. Is that uh, are you doing it twice or are they just going to repeat it? Oh no, I'm going to do it twice. Do I think it twice. It'll be live. Fantastic. Uh, yeah, yeah, because it's 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 you know I, I mean I'm calling it a lecture, but it's not really a lecture. I think we're going to pause and have a kind of chat, hopefully, um, for those who want to, whether using the the chat function because you know or kind of you know speaking in person. We'll do that based on numbers. But I'm always really interested in people's kind of memories of these of these comics, you know, because everyone who tunes in either has some memory of them or some other reason to want to kind of listen. Um, so we'll, we'll, there'll be a bit of kind of talk about you know was this what we expected, you know, and that sort. Thing. Right. And that is romanceinthegothic.com. I'll put the link in the show notes for this episode. You can go there, you can sign up for free. Uh, and as you say, they have a chat function where you can ask questions and talk about the comics as well. Um, so, yeah, thoroughly recommended. I shall be tuning in for that myself. Uh, thank you. <laughs> um, I wanted to ask you about this um, this idea of academic lectures now appearing online. Um, you know, one of the obviously one of the consequences of the pandemic is it's forced all your teaching and lecturing to be, I suppose, virtual and digital. Um, is there, I, for some reason, you know, appropriate enough for Gothic, I'm reminded of 19th century lectures and debates, which were hugely popular, possibly reflects, you know, how little other media there were around at the time, but they were incredibly well attended. Do you think the pandemic has done something? very open and democratic about um, putting these lectures online or visible to all. Yeah, I mean, I, th I think there's access, to, I mean, even just speaking personally, I've got access to a lot more speakers than I would ever have been able to, you know, listen to and and, and, and go and see um, in person, you know, people from all over the world, um, which has been absolutely fantastic. I mean, I think we were moving perhaps back towards that, you know, that sort of tone that you're talking about anyway, I'm thinking about TED Talks and things like that and podcasting, mm. you know, I think people have started to seek out different content because we've got these different formats now that are becoming more popular and prevalent and easy to listen to um, for people who are kind of traveling or, or doing whatever else, right? But yeah, I mean, certainly I'm, you know, I'm conscious that sort of last week I managed to get to listen to a wonderful American scholar called Keanu Whitted talking about EC Comics. You know, this would never have happened. Um, you know, we'd have had to pay to get her over here to speak at conferences or, we, you know, I'd have had to go there. I mean, you, you can kind of, you know, see some wonderful, wonderful people talking about stuff. And I think actually it's really important right now because, you know, everyone's feeling so disconnected. This has gone on for a while. We're all yeah. sat in our own little boxes. Um, so, yes, I mean, not in my nature to look for silver linings but if i was then that would be that would be one of them right <laughs> a slightly less bleak outcome this one <laughs> yeah i think you're probably right i think you know um sort of more public access or, or i don't know open and democratic access it almost feels like to this stuff it just seems very positive and and great i mean i looked at the miskatonic institute's program and there were so many talks there that actually i wanted to tune in for but you know because of work and so on, I wasn't able to. But uh, yeah, the romance in the Gothic next week. I shall be there for that as well. Brilliant. 
And also, you're doing some co-editing. I mean, I'd never heard of the Gothic Studies Journal, but of course there's a Gothic Studies Journal. (laughs) More than one. (laughs) And you're going to be co-editing an issue of that, is that right? Yeah, that is right. So Gothic Studies is um, what I, it's quite a hardcore academic journal. Um, it's very well established. Um, so, you know, kind of quite lucky to have pitched this idea for a co-edited issue on Gothic Comics. Um, and we're doing a call for papers that at the moment. Um, that I'm co-editing that with um, Dr. Suzanne Schwertfeger um, in Kiel in Germany. So that's going to be, you know, we're going to hope to join a lot of different papers with you know quite a kind of international focus and just yeah try and get people talking about the kind of gothic and horror aspects of comics because I think for me comics is a medium where that sort of thing has actually been quite sidelined in terms of critical academic work you know we're, we're all kind of well aware of sort of horror cinema and and so on we're getting a big sort of boom on horror tv you know gothic and horror literature has been studied forever but even though some of comics most famous moments from you know certainly in american comics um i'm thinking about the comics code and you see horror and so on and warren and all that stuff um but even in british comics where you know comics like misty made a big splash um yeah have not been got that much critical attention yet so we're hoping to try and rectify that um so a whole themed issue on the subject of gothic comics coming up mm-hmm. at some point coming up at some point yeah i think we're collecting papers this year so i think that's there's quite a long editing time in academia so it's i think we're looking at late 2022 maybe start of 2023 that will come out right mm. okay and of course you've got you know we last time we talked about your book gothic for girls misty and british comics but there's also uh, at the time I was reading and since finished and thoroughly enjoyed Gothic in Comics and Graphic Novels, your other book, where I suppose, uh, you know, this is where you explored a great deal of this history and the idea of Gothic in comics in general. Mm, yeah, I mean, it's, um, I suppose it's, a, it's it, was, it was the book I wrote before the um, Gothic for Girls book. Um, and for me, it feels perhaps like a bit more of a academically focused book where I'm trying to talk about kind of why I think comics storytelling in itself is gothic due to these kind of, um, you know, sort of um, disjointed jumps of point of view and the kind of implied work that the reader has to do and these sort of unreliable narrators and these kind of echoes of previous images, these hauntings that we might get on pages. So I'm trying to use sort of gothic terminology to understand how visual storytelling might work and sort of see where that takes me really. Um, it's set against, as you say, a kind of um, backdrop of all the kind of interconnections that I see between um, gothic and comics. It's perhaps less focused on the um, big hitters than people might expect. So it's not really about Warren and EC and DC and that sort of stuff. It's much more about how later imprints like DC Vertigo um, sort of drew from both the mainstream and the kind of um, legacy of gothic horror to tell their sorts of stories. Um, but yeah, it's you know I'm I'm, I'm pleased with it obviously, um, and it's one one other aspect of my research, which is you know trying to talk about comic storytelling as gothic, not just to look at horror comics and say ooh they've got horror themes. Um, yeah. And will your research, you know, uh, does it lead you to another book? Do you think are you thinking of writing another? Um, yeah, when the pandemic ends and I get my um, spare time back um, <laughs> to do some research, so that would be lovely. Um, at the moment, I'm working on quite a lot of different articles and papers, actually. And what I'm trying to do is um, sort of cast my net a bit more widely in terms of gothic and horror in British comics. Um, so I mentioned the kind of misty database on my website with all the creators and story summaries that I kind of put together from reading the whole archive and just noting down what all the stories were about and then speaking to scholars like David 
Roach, who helped me out and really helped me identify all the different artists involved. Um, I'm trying to do the same now with Spellbound, which is DC Thompson's forerunner to, to Misty. Um, and I'm working my way through the whole corpus, but obviously the pandemic has derailed that a little bit. Can't go to the British Library. I'm buying up a lot of stuff on eBay to try and, you know, do that. Um, and David Roach, again, um, very generously shared me um, shared his spellbound notes with me as a New Year's present. Um, so I'm looking at those um, to try and you know put all that together. So that will be up online at some point, so people can start seeing who did what for for spellbound. Um, but I'm also interested in trying to put more of these comics in dialogue with each other outside of the girls' comics. Um, so I'd like to do the same for Scream, which obviously only has a very short run, so that isn't going to take me very long. But I'm also buying up a load of old copies of Monster Fun and Shiver and Shake and things oh, like right. that. Yeah, and what I'd really like to do, I think, is to start to put all these things in conversation with each other and see what, what kind of happens. You know, are they treating these horror archetypes radically differently? Is there you know, something that can, um, something coherent that I can come out, that can come out of that? Um, but as you can tell, this is, this is early days, right? Um, so at the moment, I'm just going to try and write some, some short stuff focused on those individual titles um, that kind of, you know, does a bit what I did in my Gothic for Girls book that draws attention to their history and the people involved in them who might well have been overlooked, um, as well as kind of analysing the stories and stuff that they told. Well, I particularly look forward to reading more about Spellbound and uh, Scream as well. Um, yeah. The horror, the sort of comedy horror ones, I'm not so familiar with, but I mean, I'm, I'm, I know they were they were also very popular at the time as well. Will you have time in all of this to um, write any more comics yourself? Do you think? I would really like to. Um, I've been I've been talking to Peter Duncan, obviously the editor of um, Sector Thirteen, about you know trying to put together another story. I have some ideas. It's it's the time issue at the moment, isn't it? But you know, as I said, I set myself a very a very low bar of you know um, one per year. So <laughs> hopefully, I can manage to to squeeze to squeeze that in. I you know I obviously I'd love to carry on doing it. It's it gives me a really you know, completely different perspective on um, how these stories actually work. Not till I tried writing some did I sort of realise so much about pacing and word count and, and things like that. I think my, my first one was very, very sparse in many respects. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's been really interesting for me to try and do that as a researcher as well as just, you know, for fun creatively. It's a, lot, it's a good thing to do. And Keith Richardson from Rebellion, if you're listening, get David Roach <laughs> back on Misty and get Julia to write it. <laughs> that would be amazing. That would, wouldn't it? <laughs> it really would. Julia, thank you so much for giving up your time. As ever, it's a delight to talk to you just, you know, briefly about what's, what you've got going on at the moment. Uh, I'll put the links to Romance in the Gothic in the show notes and also to juliaround.com. You're very lucky you got your, you got your name as your domain. <laughs> I got in there early. You did, yes. <laughs> JuliaRound.com, where you can find all of this stuff. Uh, I notice you've also got some of your other lectures on there as PDFs, but there's also uh, another lecture you did in December, uh, The Walking Dead and Existentialism, or possibly I've got that title the wrong way around. No, that's right. Yeah. That's absolutely right, yeah. And you, yeah. I was watching that this morning. That's online, available to watch as well. Yeah, if you want to hear more of my thoughts on gothic and zombies that aren't to do with Misty, um, but actually much more to do with zombies and humanity and where these stories might be headed, um, then yeah, do go and check that out. It's quite short. Um, and yeah, should be entertaining. Fantastic. So if you're listening to this episode on the day it comes out, please check the show notes and follow the link to 
the I Love Comics digital event on Facebook and get involved, search out the hashtags, look for hashtag Misty. Um, and I hope at some point in the future we get to talk about uh, maybe Spellbound or something like that, Miss um, Julia. I have called you Absolutely. Misty there. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it. It's all right. <laughs> Absolutely. That would be fantastic. Um, great to talk to you again. You know, lots of fun. And I hope everyone's having a fantastic convention weekend. Great. Thank you so much, Julia. Thank you. And thank you to everyone for listening to Mega City Book Club. As ever, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Spotify, Instagram, the 2000 AD forums. Follow Julia on Twitter or go to juliarand.com. And we'll be back next time, uh, probably very soon, actually, the next day, passing judgment on another great book. Until then, it's goodbye from me and... It's goodbye from me. Thank you. Bye.